we uh hendo is globe trotting around where is he vietnam i think at the moment so we've got a fill-in guest you have to guess who it is well actually i'll probably put in the title so this is not going to be a very fun game but um we do have a last minute guest guest host i should say and he's coming in coming in hot right now let's see what do we got here Oh, you've like flashed up very briefly and then, oh, there, there he is. Hey, hey mate. Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Very good. I don't know what happened there. That was, um, that was weird. It came up and, um, it finished. Like I said, oh, the Zoom recording's finished. All done. The host closed to, it off. Do you want me to tell you what happened? We'll like do the, what's the, the break the fourth wall, like the Kardashians. That, that's oh, yeah, what we're yeah. right now. Um, yeah. so I, I fired up the Zoom and then, because I do this in my bedroom now because I don't have an office in this house and it's a yep. shit show behind me and I don't want anyone to see it because it's horrific. <laughs> and um, it was all there, but it's not normally there because we're borrowing Hendo's account tonight. Yep. Um, so I thought I'm going to quit and then set the blur thing and then come in hot with a blurred background. Yeah, nice. Oh, so no one fun. will ever know that I'm doing Mate, this in the bedroom. Don't worry about it because I, I do the same thing. I don't have an office here and mine's in my bedroom as well and I've got my desk pivoted around to a corner. What is going on there? There's some interesting stuff happening. Oh, behind? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a picture that um, one of my kids did for me. That's, oh, that's um, cool. a frame of Cerberus, the beer. That uh, that was my first commercial beer. Um, so that's just a whole bunch of paraphernalia from that. And then got some crafted glasses that um, shout out to Crafted Glass Boys because I need to um, do a promo video for them and then... This is a heat press because I um, do sublimation and vinyl. I've got a vinyl plotter. and what, um, well, I, I don't do... know what that means. What does that mean? So, um, you know, like create, make T-shirts and shit. Yeah, yeah. So I can make T-shirts. So I've got a plotter that will go through and it will cut out the logo and then I peel it off and then I heat press it down onto the shirt. And, huh. Um, yeah. That's cool. That's how it goes. There you go. you got it all happening. Yeah. How are you, mate? How have you been? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did actually, we we were kind of almost going to be able to get Hendo on this, but we realised, so he's in Vietnam at the moment, but it was going to be 9 o'clock at night my time, and I'm like, that's just simply too late. Yeah. Um, but we had a good time. We, we went to, have you got a beer? Sorry? Have you got a beer? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got um, this there. out of the Gabs pack, the wax on, wax off. Oh, nice. Um, Hang on, let me get a screenshot. Screenshot for the um. I've got it. I've got it. I poured it into a glass because I'm not a oh, heathen. Nice. Banger. So, so who's the, oh, Deep Creek? Deep Creek and Maku. Maku. I don't know. It's one of the um. It was from Gabs. Um, but it's a it's a hemp hazy IPA. So it's really it's really nice. There you go. Um, I had a couple of the Gabs packs, and I found this in the back of the fridge tonight. So. It's probably not as fresh as it should be, but it's still tasting yeah. pretty good. I was going to say, hemp hazy IPA that's in the back of the fridge. Get your shit together, son. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you saw my beer fridge, there's so much beer in there. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's running very a... low on sponsored beer, but... Um... I'll have to send you some then. I'll, I'll probably <laughs> know some people. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, but we're, we're good. We're coming up a, a good weekend at Pinot Palooza. So how was, did that go? Was it, it was good? pretty fun. It was so we so we walked in there. We went for a beer first at the um Bavarian next door. So they had Oktoberfest on. So me and Hendo walk in as like two beer guys going to a wine event. We go past the beer event to go into the wine event, which is <laughs> kind of funny in itself. Um, but yeah, it's very different to a, a beer event. Like like you walk in, the first thing they do is give you a glass. Yeah, right. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so you can have glasses here. So that was actually nice to be able yeah. to drink out of the glass. Um, and one you got to keep as well. And I didn't I didn't see or hear a single one smash for the, the entire thing. Yep. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um and we kind of just had like little tasters. It, it was sort of unlike I remember I went to the uh, Stone and Wood backyard invitational and Hendo said the juicy one was the same where you were getting small tasters, but they were kind of almost big enough to be like you know, you'd have it and then you'd leave and you'd kind of, you know, start a conversation and go yep. back. Whereas this wine one was like literally just a, a taste. Yeah. 
So I was like, you go up to, the, which is fair because wine's expensive. And some of this wine was like, you know, it was it's expensive wine, but it was like, they'll give you a drop of like four of their different wines. And then after that happens, like going to the winery, you either buy a glass or yep. buy a bottle to take away or move on to the next one. But yeah. like, we just wanted to kind of have a glass of wine. We didn't really want to taste like a million. So we ended up kind of tasting a few and then buying a bottle and sharing it and like buying a couple of glasses and getting a cheese platter. It was very yeah, fucking nice. civilized. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. It was um there was a nice day too like it was pretty nice weather that day wasn't it yeah it was it was indoor it was right next to there's like a it's it's not it's like in it's right near the echo but it was like in a, a sort of a pavilion of sorts yeah okay um but yeah it, it was good um we we randomly went to a stand that was selling gin because we're like why not just for fun and it was like sheep's way gin and hendo starts asking this guy questions about it. he's like i have no idea talk to this lady this lady comes over and starts explaining to Hendo like which fermentable sugars were, you know, were fermentable at certain times because of the way the cheese was cultured, all this shit that I had absolutely no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and then at the end of the conversation, she's like, I know you, you're Hendo. And he's like, and so I'm just thinking, oh yeah, she's obviously obviously knows Hendo, he's a beer guy and everything. And she goes, You used to come to Fridays back in 1994 when I was <laughs> He would have had hair back then. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's a long-ass time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that he would have had hair back then, but maybe he didn't and she could probably just pick him and... Either, yeah, either that or, like, we, we asked her, we're like, this is, like, not normal. She just worked there and she's recognised a customer. Either he was there, like, every second of every day, which is yeah. definitely possible, or... um. Yeah, but she did actually say, like, I've got I've got like a crazy knack for names and faces and stuff. I just like never forget anyone's face. <laughs> she might be listening because we got her to um subscribe to the podcast. So <laughs> I'll shout out. Yep, shout out. <laughs> yeah, sh- shout out to the person whose name I've already forgotten after recognizing <laughs> Hendo after 30 years. Um, I'm terrible with names too, man, so don't worry. Yeah, we had an awesome cocktail from from her, uh, like a some sour gin thing. It was great. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, and then we went to Working Title after, which was cool too, because I hadn't been there since the change. Yeah, actually, I don't think I've been there since they've um, since they've changed over either. I, I could have been. I don't know. Sometimes I end up in the city and I don't remember that I got there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I went there on the launch day for Newstead, um, which was like before we even started Black Ops. So I think it was like 2014 or something. It was a long-ass time ago, but almost 10 years ago. And we, we were there on the day of the launch. And I think I've been back once or twice, but I'm, I don't live in Brisbane, so I don't get up there very often. Yeah. The place looks so new, the tanks and everything. Like, it just looks brand new. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I definitely want to get in and check it out for sure. It's, yeah, um, they kept the tanks in good shape. Yeah, well, that's actually where, um, when it was Newstead and there wasn't even the Milton one, but that's where I first tasted the Adam beer because they used to have um, their um, Barrel Fest um festival there and so they'd have all these barrel beers that they'd have shipped in and there was um i want to say hawkers that it was hawkers that did an atom beer but i can't remember there was two two different atom beers that i tried there and yeah, um, right. yeah so that's why next tuesday that hiker adam beer yeah, that's next tuesday oh shit yeah. okay yeah okay shout out oh we're not gonna we're not gonna encourage people to come to that though we'll encourage, we'll encourage them to come to the um I'll come, but we'll encourage them to come to when we launch it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be around January or something. I think Dan is Dan's planning, but Yeah, right. So it'll sit in the barrel for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't think it needs to sit in there too long, especially in Queensland summer. It'll, yeah. Um, sure. It'll pick up pretty quick. So he, yeah, he'll just be on top of that and I'll just keep pestering him. Yeah. Having, having drinks. <laughs> yeah, nice. So um Anything happening with you that you want to talk about or you want to get into the, the news and whatnot? Oh, man, no. Um, we're coming up at the end of our podcast. Um, so this, we've got, we who do we interview? Um, we got Matt uh, Wolf from Brew Baron at yep. West End. And then um, I think there's a double episode of Matt Kierkegaard. We sat down and we interviewed him, put him on the other side of the microphone. Nice. Um, which was hard because I was thinking that he was going to start interviewing us. Uh, yeah. Did you talk about just, crowdfunding at all, or or, brew, no, brew, no, brew or? no? I tried to. Um, I tried to keep it at 
um, like about when he had like his beer mat sort of things and yeah, like yeah, like it is like what it is. It's not uh, it's not an interview of him at Brews News. It's an interview of him in the beer industry. So I don't yeah. know. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Joel's finished it, and I need to watch it. But yeah, I haven't done it yet. But um, but yeah, and then we're gonna have um, we're doing a live. Uh, so we do awards. Joel and I do ABV awards for our podcast every year. So we've got all these different award categories. And um, and I forgot to send them out this year because I smashed my face on the scooter. You did, um, yes. And so and I said to Joel that I was going to look after the doing sending the awards out to all of the breweries. And I like the prizes you mean about it? Yeah, and yeah, I only right. sent them out like last week. Oh, so whoops! It was yeah, and I had to admit it to Joel, and I wrote a big letter. In apology to all the brewers, you know, saying, "Oh, yep, sorry about this, my bad." <laughs> but yeah, but they got their awards now, which is cool. You and, got a um, so yeah, we're doing a live streamed um, awards ceremony at Hiker this year on um, the third of December. So if you're around on the third of December, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep, one thirty at Hiker. Come down and be in the live audience and. Nice, very good. And when, when did the Matt Wolf and Matt Kirkengard uh, interviews come out? Yeah, uh, sorry. When, when do those interviews come out? Just for people. Uh, so Matt's out. comes out this weekend. They're both then, Matt, aren't they? Both Matt. Yeah, they are both Matt. There's, <laughs> there's like three Matts I think that we've interviewed this year. So there's more yeah, Matt's, Matts than Adam Shells. There is. Yeah, there's two Maddie Wilsons. Mm. Um. So, yeah, Matt's comes out of this one, the 22nd, and then Matt Kierkegaard's is on the 5th of November and the 19th. Nice. And then we've got our awards on the 3rd, and then we're doing a um a year in review episode as well. We're going to look back and talk about some of our best episodes and best nice. guests and experiences. And A lot Very of it will involve me drinking beer because Joel's normally walking around setting up cameras and microphones and shit, and I'm at the bar with a beer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, people probably listen to it, but what's the best way to people to, to check that out before we get into the news? Aussie Beer Voyage. If on you, Spotify or YouTube? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube. Yeah, nice. we're pretty much everywhere. Very good. All right. And just on the podcast topic before we get into the news, Hendo's mentioned last week he did an interview on how how not to start a damn brewery is the name of his mm. podcast. Um, and I noticed on my feed today that first one of those came out. Yeah, I'm I'm halfway through. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so I've listened to about an hour's worth, um, and it's super interesting because I obviously know Hendo really well. He's a real good mate of mine, and yeah, I know a lot of the history of Brew Colt and stuff. But um, yeah, it's still like Hendo's a massive onion. He still he still peels back layers and says things that you never hear heard. And mm. um, as he said in in his post, like yeah, it was pretty real and raw and emotional because there's a few things that he just talks about, like how downtrodden he was himself yeah nice um, all right i'm looking forward to i'm, I'm about five minutes in um but yeah. i've got i've got that in the show notes bossandthebrewer.com if you want to check that out and yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really good it's a good podcast um i'll probably pick up and listen to a few other um episodes that old mate's done as well yeah i think this might be on, like like a multi-part thing that hendo's doing I, I don't know but like he said it was like a five-part thing yeah I, the episode that i saw is like two hours and nine minutes. So I'm not sure whether he edited out a shitload of stuff that Hendo talked about and crammed it into two, just one episode of two hours or what? I don't know. But oh, we'll find out. Plugging away. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So news, not, not a huge amount, but I've got this one from the shout, Australia's alcohol consumption trends downwards. Yep. Um, that's the headline, but it would, I mean, if you look, look in the article here, it was, it sort of said, AIHW figures state that 2019-20, there was 200, basically 209 million litres of pure alcohol were made available in Australia, 0.7% decrease from the year before. So it's two-year-old data. Yeah. And it's not real. I mean, 0.7% down. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't think you're ever going to, um, you're never going to really get these figures exact because- no. Like people are might be brewing a lot of beer or making a lot of wine or spirits, um, and we've seen like the gin industry just explode in Australia, um, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. But then it might be produced, but then it's not necessarily like um, it's not necessarily been drunk within that time period either. Especially right. some of the spirits and shit like that, and the wines. 
This is also um, during the middle of COVID when you could barely get any alcohol into the country. So, yeah, and yeah. I reckon, man, COVID is going to fuck up people's data for years to come, like generations. Yeah. There's going to be an asterisk next to so many spreadsheets of don't take this data as gospel. This was very strange and and that sort yeah. of stuff because like a lot of brewery operators and stuff, like it's really hard to look back on history and go, well, where do we go? Because three years ago it was COVID was in the midst of and yeah you know you weren't selling much across the how do you make sense of those numbers yeah, yeah yeah the numbers are just weird to look at so yeah I'd, all, all of these sort of things that go back and i can tell they're probably looking at it from a perspective of they've given the data before covid but i don't know it's um i definitely think that alcohol consumption is dropping just as someone who's worked in the industry for so long just seeing people coming into the bars yeah, I think it's a drink driving um, thing. I think it's health um, that people are trying to get off it, and I just also think that people just can't afford it. That that's what I was wondering. But it, like, if you look at a stat standalone, and you you draw conclusions that people are kind of deciding to drink less alcohol, but when everything's getting you know seven, eight, nine, ten plus percent more expensive, that's that's one of the major contributors to not buying something is the price of it it's like yeah. the number one thing so yep surely there's going to be less bought 100 percent. i remember um i used to work for a home brew shop and when um alcohol prices started to go up with um cpi mm. we would get a lot of influx of people coming in and wanting to learn how to home brew beer and yeah. stuff because not they didn't all stick with it because some of them just you know it's Home brewing beer is like doing it professionally in a sense. Like if you want to have good beer, you've got to do it properly. And some people just won't because yeah. um, it is expensive if you need to do it properly. But um, yeah, like you always see that influx of people um, coming in who wanted to learn how to do it so that they could save some coin. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I think it's more a, um, I reckon it's more of an economy thing than anything because the prices have just gone through the roof. I mean, I remember, you remember all those bars like 10, 15 years ago, you could still get like a bucket of Coronas for 10 bucks and there'd be yeah. five or six of them in a bucket. Um, you'll never see that anymore. You'll never see that again around mm. those prices, I don't reckon. Yeah, and I think um, it's like a, it's kind of like a, I don't know how much of it's in your head, but you sort of have, a, you, you do have those memories of what, what things used to be like in a sense. Like, you know, I used yeah. to, when I first started getting into wine, I could get a bottle of wine from you know the bottle shop for ten dollars that I reckon was pretty good, yep. right? And as you get older, I, I I can't drink a bottle of wine anymore that's ten bucks or fifteen bucks, you know that I can even really want to drink. Yeah, like you go to a festival on the weekend, like the cheapest bottles of wine there were like thirty bucks. Those are the kind of wines I like. Yep. Um, you can't you can't drink. All that that kind of wine all the time, unless you've got a shitload of money. No, I I buy um I buy all my wine through Vino Mofo. Yeah, and um because I find that I can get some really good wines at a decent price. They're not through the roof, but they're also not in the cheap bin. But you can um the only problem is you've got to buy a box of it. <laughs> and yeah, and if you you know can take a couple of days to come, and if you haven't thought about it and you feel like a wine and you've run out, that's the that's the only problem. You just can't just duck to the shops and get the wine that you want without paying a lot of money and then yeah 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 but it's a consideration isn't it it's like it's it's kind of like just yeah. in your head you're kind of like if i buy a bottle of wine it's going to cost me 30 bucks and that's it's, it's quite a lot of money yeah yeah definitely but yeah i think you're right too like people just you know as a general rule probably drinking a little bit less but i think it's probably a little bit overblown by articles like this that yeah you know a little bit misleading I think though also I think the the drinking culture that we used to have in Australia has changed. Like it's it used to be that almost that sense of pride, like, oh yeah, Australians can drink people under the table. People used to love talking about, oh yeah, go to Australia, it's full of drunks and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I don't think it is that anymore. Like there's True. still that culture and those trends and there's you're gonna have all of those different scenes, people in different scenery who do do that, but it's not like what it used to be. Yeah, and also, do you think like, I like I, I mean, we, we don't talk about much in this podcast, but like, when I was growing up, it was basically like alcohol was legal, and you know, it was kind of frowned upon to drink when you were under eighteen, but everyone did. 
Yeah. Um, drugs were like a pretty much like a rebel sort of thing to do, like or anything outside of alcohol. I mean, alcohol is a drug, right? Yep. Any kind of drug outside of alcohol was, you know, like you kind of like I, I was I've never never anyone in, into this kind of stuff, but yep. you kind of felt like it was, you know, you're breaking the law. It's you kind of underground yeah. kind of shit. Like the whole mentality has changed around that stuff. I feel like yeah, there's definitely. a lot a lot more options for people too. So I don't know if that affects the amount I people think it drink. does because people are getting their buzz from something that's a lot cheaper that lasts yeah, that's, a lot longer. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. 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 It's um yeah, I think there's just a lot of things hammering it down, but hopefully it's like, you know, denim on denim fashion from the eighties that <laughs> shit shit comes back in cycles. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, okay. Good. Speaking of which, good drinks launches Rider Light, which is a, a supposed to, a, I suppose, appeal to the people that you know apparently not drinking too much anymore, which is the yep. younger people. Um, this beer has seventy eight calories. It's a it's a glass bottle with ink in it that turns purple. Uh, you know when you chill it, which I mean, it's that bit of, like. It, I actually think this is actually pretty well executed. This whole thing, but yeah. um, that bit, I was I was cringing a little bit. It's like, do young people really look at a beer that changes color and just think, "Fuck yeah, this is gonna make me cool"? Like, that's the that's the biggest old person thing I can think of. Is like, let's make a hyper color. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I was actually talking to um, the guys at Rallings um, the other day um, about temperature sensitive ink on beer labels and how popular it was because I was. Um, just exploring an idea, and um, and then we got onto the topic of hypercolor shirts, and yeah, yeah, and I ended up calling Jilly at Thirsty Merchants, going, "Oh, is, can you get them?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I reckon these sort of beer, like I reckon they're good, and people will like them and drink them for sure. Um, what's that? What's that um, one over in the states? The athletic one is it? Yeah, is it called? yeah, that one. Like that's someone... non-alcohol, isn't it? Is that non-alcohol? Is it just I like electrolytes? Yeah, of... but I think um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of um, things coming in on like, or they want to come in on the labels and stuff at the moment. Like for Sands, he's trying to bring in on the labels that if you're going to say that it's gluten free or mm. carbonate carb free, you need to have it tested and show all of that shit and. But then think, you've got that other flip side should, of the coin where yeah. ABAC and that say you can't have a beer that says it's healthy. Um, yeah, it's pushing and, the limits. It, but they're not the first to do it. Remember Stone and Wood had that, or a Counterculture had that reinvigorate one that was yeah, sort yeah. of pitched as like a, you know, like a healthy electrolyte yeah. sort of beer. Um, yeah, and the boys at Corumban did Corumban guys did it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. For a so, Gabs beer, wasn't it? Wasn't that one of their Gabs beers? I think it was. It was the Perco, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it is kind of it is sort of blurring the lines a little bit if you if you can't promote. And it's interesting the way they've executed. The, like the branding is, it's very. It doesn't look like like it's, it's a it's a brand new brand for one. Yep. Um, and it just says brewed light L I T E with electrolytes. And yeah, well, under that's the thing too, right? Like because it's. It's from Good Drinks, which is Gage, but it doesn't say Gage Roads on it. It's just no quite a light. It's a specific. It's almost like they're trying to create an, their own category. Yeah, but it but it really it's just it's it's you know it's kind of the same as Better Beer and all the others, right? Yeah. Um. Or it's it's competing with those beers, mm. which is getting increasingly um competitive. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Gage Road generally do. A pretty good job at everything they do. This one's a little weird, but you know, yeah. maybe it'll go well. I, I wonder if it's um, if this is almost the start of the beers that blur the line between um, beers and RTDs, where it's not much flavour, and it's just you know you just drink it for the sake of drinking it. Yeah, but didn't Motors had some one like that this week? Didn't they? Where it was like a. It was like straight up RTD. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, this thing. Um, Welcome Australia's first ever spiked tipachi. I don't even know what that is. Motor styles for the Aussies who's never heard heard this. Pretty well, everyone. Tipachi. That may not be the way you pronounce it. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> the traditional Mexican street side recipe. It says recipe. I wonder what that means. 
Yeah. That infuses pineapple and cinnamon into a crisp, refreshing, and wholly new style of fermented alcoholic beverage. Yeah, I mean, slightly milder than kombucha or tapache. See, it, like that's a straight up RTD, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think the beer landscape's changing so much and so fast, and there's just so many options and. Mm. People are still trying to stand out and we can't learn quick enough what we need to be doing and how to do collaborative beers or, like, I mean, at some point you can see the U.S. has um, shrunk Mm. and they're doing it as tough as what we are. And I reckon that it's very similar. Like, and we're not as far behind the U.S. now. Like, COVID sort of leveled the playing field and the internet's helped us shrink the world with all sorts of stuff and so the economy what it's doing over there is happening over here at the same time and people i think there's just too much beer yeah um and not i don't mean in quantity i mean just in brands like there's just so much shit but there's also Um, if you think about like if you go to the bottle shop and you're over you you know you're overwhelmed by the amount of brands if you think about the two massive companies have got all these brands they own almost everything you can see and then outside of that, you've got Coles and Woolies who own the bottle shop who have all of their product in there as well. Yeah. Yep. And then they probably have, you know, let's say three or four of the well-known nationally distributed brands. Yep. Um, and then like what's left for everyone else? Like, oh, yeah, I don't want to whinge too much because it sounds like no. they are, but it's it's fucking it's a t- it's a tough game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I'll 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 try this beer, but I don't know that I'll enjoy it. Yeah, I probably won't try it. Or maybe I'll try the purple thing just to remind me of having my hypercolor T-shirt and make me feel young. Yeah. <laughs> You've got one. I wish I could find one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mine is long gone. It didn't It didn't actually work for that long. No, because the friggin' you had to wash them yeah. like in cold water and hand wash them and no parent was ever going to do that for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, finer drop festival details announced. Um, so this is cool. I think this is like a festival put on by Gabs. Yep. It actually sounds pretty good. It's at the race course. There's breweries like um, Dollar Bill, Mountain Culture. Yeah. And Seals from Greece and Garage Project. Um, also Wines and Archie Rose and Bilson's other spirits. And then there's like, there's three blue ducks doing food and yep. there's like art galleries and shit. It actually sounds pretty cool. It seems like a reasonable idea for a beer festival to kind of pivot and yeah. do something, you know, upmarket. It's interesting that three blue ducks is doing food and um, traveler beer isn't mentioned. Are they affiliated? Well, um, isn't it the, um, I forget his name, Andy Allen. Um, the guy who owns Three Blue Ducks from MasterChef, he also owns Traveller, or not, might not, not own it outright, but he's got, um, he's definitely got ties to it. Oh, okay. Um, I met one of the guys from Three Blue Ducks. I don't think it was his name wasn't Adam. It was Andy. Andy, maybe. Oh, sorry, Andy. Andy. Um, no, it was, uh, it was the other guy. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 so I didn't know they were involved in Traveller. That's interesting. Um, as a whole, I'd, this sounds pretty cool. Um, but I wonder if a, like a premium drink and food festival, like, is that where it's going to start going now? Is that how people are going to want to do beers instead of going to breweries and that they're going to just go to festivals and pay more? And I mean, we just, we just had, know. um, beer beer festival festival across all of ours. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good thing to do. Like the, the Pinot Palooza thing was a nice, you know, fun thing to do, but Gab's like shat all over it. Gab's way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder um, I wonder if there's going to be more breweries announced. Yeah, there's not many there, is there? No. Some good ones, though. Yeah, definitely. I've never heard of Seven Seals, but um, I love anything that I've never heard of and can try and have a taste of. It's, um, yeah, exactly. I love experiencing new stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and then there's another one from Gabs, which I, I actually didn't know about this. There's like a – at Gabs, apparently, there's like a bar for up-and-coming breweries. So they put uh, expression of interest out. 
to be part of that, I assume, for the, the Gabs that's coming up next year. Yep. Um, did you know about this? I don't remember seeing like a bar for new. Yeah. Brisbane. Um, so at Gabs at, at Brisbane, that's where we actually stood next to. So. Oh, so that was um, in the, that was why Hiker was there. So Hiker, Wilbur, ah, yeah. that um, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And Psycho Susie's, I think it was up here. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. So I um I think it's really cool too. I think it's great that because you know what it's like. Like Gabs isn't cheap to go to. And if you're a small brewery that hasn't even been to Gabs and never had that exposure, um, and then you you look at the price of a stand like you know thirteen hundred, and then you got to think of accommodation. You got to get your stock there. You got to like it's it's an investment. Oh yeah. Um, and then to be able for Gabs to be able to put people on and say there's going to be two taps for you there, and you get to share your brand with people who might not have heard it. I was I was super excited. Um, to see a lot there because I hadn't been out to Warwick to see Psycho Susie's and I wanted to try some of their beers and uh, Yep Brewing. Um, I wanted to taste theirs because I've been following their journey as well. Um, Hiker, I obviously know them and Charlie at Woolgooga, but I was stoked yeah. to like taste Charlie's beers because I don't get down, down to Woolgooga ever. So, yeah, um, I have actually been to his breweries, but I was paying such little attention to that stand. I just kind of thought that was a Hiker stand. Yeah, no. So yeah, that was that's the up and coming section of the brewery. So yeah, I'd, yeah, I'm stoked. So yeah, I'd, but um, I wonder how long it can sort of go for because if the breweries are no longer opening as much, mm. I wonder sort of because who's who's open this year? How many have we had open this year? I mean, you wouldn't take much, would it? If it's only like four four breweries. Wouldn't, mm. wouldn't be that hard to get them, but I don't know. Maybe that's why they're putting the call out now because they're <laughs> they yeah. make sure they fill them up. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'll read the read the requirements. So if you're a new or emerging or contract brewery brand that launched after one January twenty twenty and has never ad, ad, uh, exhibited at Gabs, yeah. Um. So yeah, good idea. If you, I think it's good too because it's um the same state as the festival is invited to apply. So it looks yes. like yeah. You'll get four from Victoria, four from New South Wales, and four from Queensland. So that's twelve breweries that get that experience. That you know, you look you look at someone like Dollar Bill, for example, that people probably don't get to experience that all too often, and they hear about it in the news that oh, it's won all these awards. But if they go um, something like that, people get to experience them. So yeah, I reckon it's good. Hundred um, percent. All right, final one we've got is. Beneficial Beer Co. announced their crowdfunding. So this, yeah, this was an interesting one. Um, so yeah. we've had two crowdfunding announcements in the last what two weeks? Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah. you know, Feels none for quite a long time. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know that I'd be. I mean, you're more experienced with crowdfunding than me, but surely now is in this current economy isn't the time to be asking people to jump in would it i think it's going to be really interesting like like i you know the, 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 there's also i should mention that, uh the bruise news did a an interview on the podcast this week which was actually pretty good i know matt can be pretty savage about crowdfunding and he's yeah you know when he's onto something he doesn't stop yeah but, um the interview the, the guy he had on was very good um, yeah, I'm only halfway through that episode as well. Yeah, and he made some in, some interesting points in there, so it's it's worth checking that out. But I I think the thing they didn't discuss on that, which I think is worth talking about, is just the the topic of valuation and just the fact that, like, I don't think there's not necessarily a good or bad time to do any kind of crowdfunding. Like, you know, mm. I, I I see crowdfunding as just raising investment for a company. It's it's yeah. called crowdfunding, but it's not I guess that if different you've got to the a normal support of your locals and they want to support you like that's the whole name of the game right it's yeah but but i guess the the point that i think is important is like and we've, we've seen this with a lot of big, like startups in america is when when you got a high growth company the the company is valued like a startup it's valued like a you know like it's valued as if the if the if the company keeps growing it's going to be worth a fuckload of money so like in, in an environment where there's big acquisitions happening and people are buying breweries or buying, buying startups or there's big listings happening and these companies are growing at, you know, 40, 50, 60, 100, 200% a year. 
Yep. That's a startup. You know, even if it's been around a while, there's, there's you know, in America, they've got startups that are 10, 15 years old, but if they're still doubling in value, they'll be valued at a high revenue multiple. Yeah. Um, and if it's a really good business, like, you know, like a software business or something like that, it might be, might be 10x, 10x revenue or yep. more. Um, but what's happened the last couple of years is those, those valuations have completely fallen out of the floor because yeah. the company stopped growing. And if, if a company is not growing, then it's no longer a high growth startup and it's just a normal company. Yeah. And normal companies are valued based on earnings, not on, not on revenue. And yeah. so, you know, you're looking at an absolutely gigantic difference between the valuations of a startup and the valuations of a normal company. And what I'm going to be interested in is in these two examples, Filter and Beneficial Beer Co., are these companies still growing? And if yeah. so, maybe you can charge, you know, you can say, okay, the, the revenue multiple is this because we're a high growth company. We think we're going to be the next bolter. Um, yep. But if they're not growing, then how do you value that? You know, like yeah. if they're not growing, they're not profitable how, and, and there's no chance of an acquisition. Like how, what's it actually worth? Yeah, that's, and at the moment too, like with people struggling just to get people in the door, um, mm. Like it's it, it's easy for me because where I work, like we've got eight venues. Um, so when it, when you've got like one venue, it's easy to sit there and you have to look around and talk to your mates and go, oh, is it us? Is it our location? Is it our beers? Like is it our service or is it our mm. food? Like what's what's going wrong with our business here? Is it, how do we pick it up? But yeah. when you got when you got eight venues and you can see across there, all of them, you can talk to all the venue managers. And they're all like the same. It's just like, oh, it's just hard mm. to get people in and um, yeah. things like that. Like it, you just, you can see, and then you do talk to the other um, brewery people as well outside of your business. And they're saying the same thing where you're like, going, yeah, this is, it's having a big impact. And, yeah. yeah. And that impact has that follow on, as you said, to, to these, the likes of these things. So, but um, I got man. I, I hope they make a lot of money. I hope they raise their money. Like um, I'm good mates with Max uh, from Filter, the head brewer down there. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I I hope that they get what they do. And I think this beneficial one um would be cool as well. Like if they've got the support of the locals, that's all you need, right? I think your mates really showed what local support can do for yeah. your fundraise. Like I, I reckon they could have put their fundraise at five million i reckon and they still would have cleaned it um because so many people were trying to get into it and it was from what i understand it was just a lot of staff that were super involved and supportive of the brand and the locals like the families of the mm. staff who worked there that were predominantly the people who got um got those sort of shares so yeah I yeah, but that, I think that's... it's it's the time as well you, you can't it's like selling a house you, you can't you, you can sell exactly the same house one year three or four years, you know, before or after that year, it's worth half or twice as much. It's yeah. exactly the same thing, but the market is important. You know, if, if the market is not, I think that I think the market now is basically in a way where as far as I can tell, everyone's struggling. Mm. Um, the, the best brands have been bought out. So now the majors make the beer and they have yep. the, the, the minds, mind share of the consumers with all the best brands, yep. not buying anything. So, you know, telling the story of, you know, we're going to get acquired, we're going for an acquisition, I just, I don't know, I feel like people know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, really, really, like, the only chance, I think, at this point is for a company to come out of somewhere and have some kind of, you know, awesome growth, like the, a better be a type company. Yep. And it'd be good enough to sustain however long this period's going to last of the major's making and yeah. owning awesome craft breweries and not fucking them up. And yeah, we haven't we haven't heard much about better beer lately either. No, well they're they're so tied to Mighty Craft. I think that's just I, I just feel like that's just gonna drag along until Mighty Craft just crash yeah. and burn. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, you just you don't haven't heard of them. Um like it used to be, oh yeah, better beer this winning this, so many leaders and it's just been it's been quiet on the radar. Yeah. Um, I've I've I would suspect they're still crushing it. I, yeah. I don't know. How would you know? Can, I, um, yeah. I haven't. I haven't ever had any of this beneficial beer 
Have you ever had any of their beers? I haven't had the beer, but we did have David Jackson on the podcast way back in in one of I think it was episode. Let me have a look at if I can find it. It was a long time at fifteen, I think. Uh, let me have a look. Oh no, fourteen episode fourteen. So way yep. back in December two thousand and one. So I know he's been on this for quite a while. And we we I think we were talking to him about NFT beers from memory. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll actually I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Speaking of markets that have died in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time it was kind of like a bit of fun. It wasn't like it wasn't like a series. This is going to change the game type thing. Yeah, but um, I'm just putting this in the show notes so I don't forget. But yeah, no, I mean they've been around for a while. I like I and the, the, there's some interesting stats I put in the bottom of the show notes. Said they're featured nationally in 400 Aldi stores, which is yeah, kind yeah. Of like you look at what they've done. Like yeah, they're featured nationally in Aldi. Three core range, two limited in liquor land, exported to New Zealand. Mm. Um, they want to expand so they can export more to Singapore and Southeast Asian markets. Like it, they got some really cool lofty goals and and stuff of what they want to do, which is really cool. Yeah, um, de- definitely going to be interesting to watch that. Yeah, um, and interesting to see how, like, with the the valuation part of it. I'm super keen to see the filter thing because my suspicion is that that, that I literally know nothing about their business, but my suspicion is they're not growing, you know, in recent times. Like if, if they're sort of quoting stats from a, a long time ago, then yeah, my suspicion think, is know, the recent growth is, the, is not. They've got the, like, um, so you've got like Brick Lane who do like a non-alc and there's a whole bunch of people that do non-alcs. There's Sober who do non-alcs. Um but these guys. Oh, are, I, I meant filter, but yeah, no. I oh, say yeah, that. sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure how crowdfunding in this market is going to go. I just, yeah. But you're right about that. It's like non-alc is so competitive. It's, it's, yeah, kind of crazy. But like, my, I'm always like, me and Hendo are both not very bullish about the non-alc thing. Like, it's just not something. Either of us are particularly into, um, yeah. but in the in the beneficial beer ads they're putting on Instagram, it, one of the things I noticed it said thirty one percent of Aussie adults currently purchase non alcoholic beverages. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's definitely higher than I would have thought if that if that number is correct. I mean, I suppose it depends how frequently you purchase them, but yeah. um, like Man, I, I I've never, if I've I, never um... purchased one, I don't think. If I'm not drinking beer and I had the chance, I always drink beer. Um, although I did have a week off beer and a hiker missed me for a whole week because I didn't go there. But if but, you would if you were like having a night off beer or having a weekend off or a week off, like like I would just not not drink any beer. I would just, you know, yeah. No, I'm the same. Like I, I like the flavor of beer and so I would yeah. just have a beer. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, when I was at Brooklyn, um the um, Bridge Road had their um, hip hop water. Yeah, it's yeah. called. Man, that thing is insane. That tastes absolutely amazing. It's so good. Such a good um, alternative. And well, that's another uh, big one from America. That Hopper, Hopper, um, hopper yeah, or whatever. That's another hop, huge Hopper. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know whether it was because I was so hungover at Brucon. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that was just what I needed, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of like you. If I'm not going to drink beer, if I'm going to drink alcohol, then I just don't drink right. anything that sort of tastes like it or looks like it. Yeah, for the sake of it, I don't, yeah. I don't need that. I'm happy with water or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's see if we have got any questions. I, I was a bit late on posting this in the group, so might not be not but not be much in here. Um oh wait, we've got we've got um we've got Adzi reacts. Can you oh, I don't know if he can do this. Do you know wait hang on a second? Can I give you permission? Security. Yeah, share screen. Are you comfortable sharing your screen to do an Adzi reacts? Yeah. When you when you click share screen, you'll see on the screen down the bottom a checkbox to share audio. Okay. Um do that and then click on that link in that Google Doc. That where it says Adzi Reacts link one. Oh yep, share sound. Let's see if this works. 
I haven't actually watched this video, so I'm kind of interested to watch it as well. All right, hang on. What do I? Okay, fuck me. Now I sound like Hendo, which is what I don't want to do. Yeah, well, it's um. Am I looking on the Facebook page yeah, or on yeah. the? Oh, for the link. Yeah. I'll um. No, it's in the Google Doc. I'll put it into. I'll put it into Zoom. Do you want to look in the Zoom chat? Yep. All right. Let's see if it's if you look in Zoom. Are you in the Zoom chat? Oh, chat. Yep. See that link? Oh, the Kickstarter one. Kickstarter one. That's it. All right. Can you see my screen? Now? I can see it. I wonder if the audio is going to work. Let's let's see. So it's a hybrid pint glass by Elevated Craft, an ingenious yeah, right. blend of design and functionality that takes your beer drinking experience to a new level. Chillable glass. Yeah. Okay. Are we watching Oregon? That looks pretty fucking cool. Looks cool. Watch that video. Let's see if this works with the audio. Oh shit! Sorry, we don't get um copyright struck. Here we go. It is introducing working. the hybrid pint glass by Elevated Craft, an ingenious blend of design and functionality to elevate your beer drinking experience. I'm Zach Fowl, Advanced Cicerone, aka Sommelier of Beer. I've dedicated my career to the art of craft beer, and while I deeply respect tradition. I'm also all about innovation. Whether your beer of choice comes from a bottle or a can, it deserves to be savored from a glass. This simple act unlocks the complex symphony of hops, malt, and yeast. So what makes the hybrid pint glass so special? (laughs) To start, the vacuum-insulated stainless steel base provides maximum temperature control, so so you'll never have a warm beer again. He's putting a a glass inside a stainless steel... Yeah. like a like a, almost like a um it's like a just one of those water bottles vacuum thing water bottles yeah experience you can even chill your glass insert in your beer fridge this will lock in the ideal serving temperature based on the beer style you prefer whether you've dialed in your beer fridge to keep your stouts and double IPAs right at 44 degrees wow. or you're quenching your thirst with homemade michelada this glass That's ensures your last sip is cold yeah, as your is. first yeah michelada is a um it's a lager beer with uh, like a chili salt, um, oh wow, and um, tomato. It's like a, it's almost like a bloody mary mixed with a beer. Um, wow, yeah, okay. we we had them at Helios. Next up, let's talk about the perfect pour. Unlike a traditional pint glass, the unique shape of this glass insert helps to release carbon dioxide, which is a critical step when pouring a beer. A properly poured beer not only enhances the flavor and aroma, it also reduces the amount of gas that ends up in your gut. Check out these two beers. Note that they both have a nice collar of foam on top, but the one improperly poured in the traditional pint glass still has a ton of CO2 trapped in the beer that's going to end up in your stomach. And that's not going to feel good. When you put the glass insert into the steel base, (laughs) you'll notice the innovative glass lock ring takes hold and secures the parts together. It's like a Yeti, you know. As you hold the iron pint glass, you'll appreciate its ergonomic design. The shape nestles comfortably in your hand. Admit, and the weighted glass has cool. a heavy duty, <laughs> high quality feel. This is a lot of effort. Can't forget the cherry on top, a stealthily integrated bottle opener in the steel base. It's a handy feature that doesn't detract from the glass's sleek design. With its superior temperature control and thoughtful design, thing about this is this got five hundred glass truly stands in the league of its own. Experience the future of beer enjoyment with the hybrid pint glass from Elevated Craft. Cheers. That's fucking insane. Elevated Craft hybrid pint glass. Take one. And action. I'm Adam Kraft, founder of Elevated Craft, and we're launching our third Kickstarter campaign with the hybrid pint glass. At Elevated Craft, we're not just making products, we're creating experiences that bring people closer to the art and joy of craft beverages. Oh, Join no, me in like, experiencing beer in a whole- in that statement he just said. But anyway, that, <laughs> come, that on, come on, come on too. Some marketing anyway, guys like, years. yes, I've made the best Thank you for being for part of this yeah. incredible journey. We're creating experiences with our glass. Oh, dude, stop. Can, can I, did I miss- I was talking way too much throughout that. Did I miss? Is this literally just a glass with a, like like a Yeti for a glass? It's a it's a basically a Yeti base, and then there's a glass that fits exactly into that, and it's like a um, it's got a rib around the whole glass that like locks into that stainless. That's not that's not smart enough. That's just a fucking glass with the stainless steel on the outside. That's so yeah. stupid. Yeah, I mean, people will like it. It's pretty cool. Why is it cool? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because it keeps your things cold. But that's the whole thing, right? Like he right. showing stouts and stuff, and um, 
you don't always want your stouts to stay fucking cold. You want them to warm up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a fan of the Yeti, but the Yeti is like a thing you can buy for ten bucks and very convenient. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's the forty-four bucks, oh, seventy Australian, seventy bucks. Yeah, seventy bucks AU. I want to know how much the replacement glasses are. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be the problem. Oh, exactly. That's, yeah, these guys as must be just you, the kings of marketing to be able to sell five hundred thousand dollars worth of that. That's crazy. as soon as you break your glass. You're right. Like you break your glass, what are you going to do? Well, I bet you they deal. I bet you they deal with that objection. If you look down the list, they probably they probably deal with that. They probably give you multiple glasses, or the glass is probably really cheap. Yeah, I don't know. See, but then they they make the glasses stackable, and as soon as you start stacking glasses, and I know every pub does them, every glassy carries them around um I don't know, that's just what happens uh, unless you got like the fluted ones i suppose but um as soon as you do that you create nucleation points in the glasses where the glasses touch right so the glasses touch and crash and then that's where you end up with nucleation marks and then so um instead of like your glass of beer there you get scratches here and they'll turn into nucleation points in the glass yeah I don't know what whatever word you just used was awesome, um, but I think I understood what you said. Yeah. What do you mean, anyway? <laughs> that point there about the bloated poor thing. Oh, I've seen I've seen a video on TikTok that's gone viral that basically yeah. makes that exact point. I mean, it seems like it's probably bullshit, but I have no idea. Yeah, and he's just trying to say you need to not pour it. Begin pouring aggressively, but you can't pour it aggressively if you're pouring it anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell! I think it's it's amazing they've sold six hundred thousand. Well, go up to the top. What? How long has this been like got to go? Seven days. Three thousand people. Go. Seven days to go. Of that's that was their goal. Twenty three thousand. That's insane. There must so, be. I mean, America's a big place, right? There must be a lot of people who drink. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit crazy. We should do an over under. Well, you can't really do it. I got. I do do an over under with Hendo about what number that will hit by the end of seven days. That would be an interesting one. I haven't looked at Kickstarter in ages. Like, what does it still go off in the last two days of people jumping on the bandwagon, getting the last big deals, or does it? I haven't either. I've, yeah. Yeah. I, or, it's kind or of just this... disappeared off the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Interesting. All right. Okay, let's do the stop screen share, which should be up the top. Yep. And we'll do we probably don't have too many questions because I only put it in like half an hour before and yeah, but let's let's do twelve questions. I'm guessing there's not gonna be twelve. Where are we? All right, question. Oh yeah, couple in here. Um Oh God! Okay, wow, this is this is not a question. <laughs> you know what? Let's just do a what? I'm going to do a. This could have been a Hendo reacts, but um, or an Adzi reacts. Man drinking two thousand. It's a Lad Bible article. Man drinking two thousand pints in two hundred days had set himself monumental task for final day. Oh God! I don't want to know about this. Two thousand pints in two hundred days. So ten pints a day. That's a terrible idea. That's a lot of beer. A man who has challenged himself to drink 2,000 pints in 200 days has set the bar high for the final 24 hours. As John May's beer-guzzling experiment draws to a close, the pressure is certainly building. 25-year-old has shared this bizarre journey, which has no doubt been plagued with ground-shaking burps on TikTok. What's the man, mammoth that's, goal? That's 5.7 litres of beer a day. Oh, my God. Look, I don't think I even drink that much water and that's beer crazy. in one sitting. So that's a, that's a lot of the, beer. What's the final day? He's on day one ninety seven. <laughs> My God, he's drunk one thousand nine hundred and eighty four pints. This is an average of ten point oh seven a day. This guy's going to die. It can't be good for you. <laughs> and yesterday, we've got three days left, sixteen pints left, so we need to drink an average of five pints a day. That's no worries. We're going to have five today. Then we're going to have yeah, like two oh. on Thursday. 
Oh my god! Although it leaving nine for the me. final day. Wait, what's the date of this article? Nineteenth of October. Me of that guy, like, yeah, we got. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I got to look up where this is at. Wait, 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 wait. TikTok. Don't know. It's looking at the lad, but I want to see his TikTok. <laughs> yeah, none of these articles link to like the actual place, but yeah. Okay, this is this is too hard. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy and that's stupid. That's that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. Um, I don't know how you'd feel after that. Ten pints is a lot, right? I guess. It depends on the ABV of the beer. Um, and you'd want to have to either really enjoy that beer or you have to have, like, it's going to cost him a heap. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's got sponsorship, probably. Yeah. yeah I mean, still. if we can get people to send us free beer, this dude drinking 2,000 beers a, <laughs> a day has probably got beer being thrown at him. Yeah, I don't know. Two hundred days, two hundred beers, two thousand beers. That's that's a lot of beer. I know that I like beer and I drink a lot of it, but <laughs> man, ten pints in a day. That's yeah, a lot that's, of beer. That's a lot. All right. Question number two. So I put in um I put one of the Adams shell is filling in tonight for our fearless globe trotting leader. Um now question number two is from Louis G. Question Colin, which of the five? So this is probably an opportunity for you to Clarify exactly which of the Adam's shell you are. Yes. So, I well, I was the one who created the Adam shell Facebook group. So okay. I'm the number one of the Adam shells. Right. That's wow. what I look at it as. That's shots Found fired, the others, isn't it? To the other I ones? I think I have to be the oldest. So it's um if it, in our name, like in our, in our name, Adam shell name, the reason why there's so many is that it does – go back in history. Like I can trace my family tree back to like the 1500s and Adam Shell was a regular name all right. the way through. So, yeah, it's just one of those, uh, it's just one of those things. So, so I'm not is, that gonna, is, that, is, is anyone going to argue with that statement that you're the number one Adam Shell? No, because I've got a bigger social media presence. Whoa, that, you're really, <laughs> these are really fighting words here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even mind if they do or don't. It's um, <laughs> I, I find it funny. I, I think it was funny that the other guys, other guys joined as well. <laughs> um, all right, Louis G, who by the way is one of our top three Facebook members, because uh, uh, I put a post during the week, um, of our top three that. most active members. Yep. Also, probably the most prolific questioner asker. Yeah, um, is, yeah, yeah he's Coops on. was up there for a while, but he hasn't sort of uh, kept yeah. up with the question asking. Maybe we, maybe we didn't say enough positive things about non-alcoholic beer, and it just dropped off the radar. Yeah, maybe that's, that's possible. All right, question two: Is it me or when you are flying, beer tastes different? And then in brackets, actually, it's tasteless. Yeah, that's actually actually factual. Oh, so you actually um, you get drunk quicker as well when you're flying and I've that's why that. a lot of um airline food if you actually eat it um on land doesn't taste anywhere near as nice because it's full of um a lot more salts and flavor salts in the chip because they have to really flavor it up because and i'm not sure on the science why but um whether it's reduced oxygen or something i'm not sure but yeah it's the same Principle that, yeah, alcohol, you shouldn't drink alcohol while you're doing it. You shouldn't drink fizzy drinks and you shouldn't um, expect that food's going to taste the same uh, because it's it, your flavour, your taste buds do get affected. Interesting. I would have just thought like any time I've drunk beer on a plane, it's old and oxidised and generally probably a pretty shit beer as a general rule. Yeah, it's, um, it's not that. There, there is a specific reason. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure why, whether it's the cabin pressure or whether it's the low oxygen or something. I'm not sure. I'm not a, this is not flying advice. This is, um, this is not, this is not <laughs> aviation advice no. from one of the Adam's shell. No, my brother is an air traffic controller though. I could probably ask him. 
Yeah, you ask uh, him or ask Hendo's brother. He's up and he's flying planes all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my brother probably directs his brother around. (laughs) 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 I reckon wine tastes better on a plane. Maybe it's just like the novelty of it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I love wine when I'm on an airplane. Yeah. Um, Get the cheese and biscuits as well. Oh, yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the shit. But, yeah, I don't know. It's um it there's definitely a reason. But it's um I don't know what it is. Very good. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's all we got. Yeah, cool. Legend. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for coming on. No worries, man. Oh, quick question before we go. Are you are you still a non captain of a boat? Have you still given up your boating? Have you Well, I have not boated since the last episode, let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. The boat is still sitting at the front and you know will I come back? There's been rumors of a comeback. There's been speculation. <laughs> I don't want to confirm or deny anything, but you've invested, I will say mate. I have you've not a, taken a boat out since the last episode. Car, you've got, you know, you've got a boat. <laughs> it's it's sitting there. I walk past it every day and I look at it and I think maybe, you know, maybe, but yeah, I'm not committing to anything. I'm still officially retired. Oh, Austin. It's Austin Formula One this weekend. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, oh, you know what? Ricardo's back too. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo's back. So, yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting to um, – I saw that they put up his um, uh, his name above the pit crew and it was spelt wrong. It didn't have um, – so you know how it's spelt Ricciardo, but it's yeah, pronounced yeah. Ricardo. It was, it was just – it was as if someone had just sounded out his name and gone, Ricardo. For who? <laughs> for Alpha Tauri? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, so that because they don't print them out, like the obviously the track people print them out and stick them up, but oh. um, yeah, they're spelled it wrong. So I bet you that gets fixed in the next day or that two. That is hilarious. You know, just totally randomly yesterday, I was driving past a car and the number plate was Ricardo. Yeah, but it was without the I, so I'm like, it's, it doesn't count. It's, <laughs> no. not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's a long name. You can't fit it on a number plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I thought you were going to talk about what Red Bull posted because Red Bull posted on their social media um, something about – because there was announcements saying that um, this track is going to be on the calendar for another five years or something, and they posted saying, yeah, cheers to five more years on this track. And the photo was of Verstappen and Ricardo from when they raced together. A few oh, yeah. Yep. I just straight up trolling Perez. Man, I – I reckon Perez is out this season. I've seen multiple um, news reports that he's going to announce his retirement at Mexican Grand Prix. I highly think that's unlikely. Yeah. But um, he's just under pressure. And when you're under pressure, you just keep getting worse and worse. Like you saw that with Ricardo when he was with McLaren. Mm. He just got worse and worse because mentally you're just not in the game. And but but yeah, I agree with you. But but what has Ricardo done to give anyone the confidence that he can do a better job than Perez? I think that's the missing piece. What? Why would you give the drive to Ricardo? Because when he did the test drive to get his seat back at AlphaTauri, he was like within two one hundredths of a second of Verstappen. Yeah, is that a good enough reason? Fucking I suppose if he's hey, quick. Well, it's not only you got to remember. It's not only that he was also in the simulator. Um, so the They've got that as well because all the other drivers are in simulators as well. They also get on the simulator so that they can get ready for the tracks coming up. Yeah. So they would also have all the other times and their results as well. So I think it's um I don't know. I'm a I'm a big Ricardo fan, so I'd be stoked to see him. Oh, I hundred uh, percent do well again. But um hundred percent. Yeah. You can just see it. though, like Perez is not performing and Red Bull are high pressure. You must perform or we move you around. Like they've done it. The whole time they've been in the sport, they just pull no punches. It's not about the drivers; it's about them. So it should be. It's a, fucking, yeah. it's a big money sport. Yeah, yeah. So you think they'll yeah. give it to Ricardo before the end of the season? I don't think it'll be before the end of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised mm. if um, he gets moved up and Lawson. They're not going to want Lawson to go too far. He's too talented. Yeah. Um, and I'll be interested. I actually think Yuki will go. Um, somewhere else because Honda will want to transfer him and have him um, under their belt. So they've got a Japanese driver on a Japanese engine. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. there wouldn't really be any benefit to Red Bull kind of kicking Perez out now or putting someone else in. I mean, they may as well wrap, wait to the end of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, because the he knows the car and everything, and you put someone else in there, you take the risk that they're going to lose. But the whole point, they're not going to pull Perez out because they want Perez in there and they need him to improve so that they can keep the Constructors' Championship and they want to get one, No, two. they've already got it. They've already got that. Yeah, yeah, but they also want to get um, Perez and Verstappen as one, two in the championship. Yeah, that's true. And Hamilton's only 90 points behind or something. So if Perez keeps doing his shit performances that he has been, then you run the risk because you can't, if you take Perez out, you don't even have that opportunity to make points against Hamilton. So they've got to keep him. Oh, really? Oh, so he. Oh, it's just going to be because if, even if Ricardo steps into the Red Bull, it's Ricardo's points that he earns. It's not going to be Perez's. So, oh, I didn't think about that. Ricardo won't be able to earn the two points to get up um, above Hamilton, so that they still get the one two. Yeah. But, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, that, so I mean, I'll definitely wait to the end of the season. You'd think. Yeah. But I did. I did one of the articles I've read, which all of these articles are such bullshit. Like they're <laughs> just literally people who have no idea, just making shit up. But one said that they gave him an ultimatum. That said, he had to finish second or he'd lose his drive. Yeah. Which yeah, I um I mean if he doesn't finish second this year when Max is just destroying everyone, I mean that's just straight oh, up yeah. embarrassing. I'm um I'm an admin on a Facebook group called F1 Armchair Experts. On and um <laughs> it started out there was only like six or seven of us, like me and a whole bunch of mates, and I didn't start it. It was I just got involved with my through my cousin. And um now it's got like I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand people from all oh over the God. world that go on there and the articles and everything, like the admin team themselves just constantly blocking posts and blah, 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 just conjecture. There's all this shit that people post all the time. Like it's, it's one minute it's, you read something and then the next minute it's a total opposite. So there's something about Daniel Ricciardo too. Like, I don't know what it is. Like on, like if you go on news.com every day, there'll be an article about Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, it, it literally must just be like news.com is just driven by analytics. Like it must be yeah. like mention him. And people yeah, will click 100%. on it. People will click it. Like Australian fans will click it and open it. And yeah. that's just advertising dollars for them. So, yeah. I like, I'd, I'd literally do it. I'd, I fall for it every time. Like I said, like, no, I do it as well. Yeah. I do. I'm such a sucker for it. And then they, after a couple of days or after they know, like they've obviously got their cookies and they know that you've already read that article and you've been to that web page before. So they change the title of the article. Yeah. And you read it again. And, and I, fucking hell. <laughs> I do that all, all the time yeah that's why if you want your f1 advice you have to listen to boss and the brewer podcast and that's the only reliable and trustworthy source for f1 <laughs> advice that's and right. news who are you going to pick to win for uh this week yeah i mean i, I just don't even uh the, yeah i mean we don't we don't even normally pick a winner because it's just always max yeah but um, if you discount max the next the best of the next yeah I really wish I picked Piastri last time because, I mean, A, he came second, mm. and B, he's doing so well that he's – and McLaren's are doing so well that he's every likelihood to be the best of the rest. Um, however, he came second last week, and if he, I'll, I'll pick Piastri just because I'm now I'm a massive Piastri fan. So Yeah, okay. I'll pick um, George Russell. Russell's a good one too. He's yeah. he's due he's due something good and he's a great driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. If he doesn't get lose concentration and run into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Good work, mate. Cheers for filling in. No worries. Cheers. Hope you say a good one. See you, mate. See you, mate.